It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3. Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. With financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the inspired team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Thank you for tuning in to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard, and in the studio with me, Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn, my business partners and fellow financial advisors at Corhorn Financial Group. Yeah, thanks for spending the hour with us. It's part two of our three-week series about the biggest financial regrets that people have Our big goal is helping you avoid making these decisions yourself or maybe try to recover from them if you've already made these uh, decisions as well. And of course, we're going to be talking about Brexit. That's all over the news, everywhere, and of course, causing a big shakeup in the financial markets and all of that. So we'll be hitting that later in the program as well. If you have a question or a comment or concern or anything else, we'd love to hear from you. This is your show. Go to wisemoneyradio.com and you can submit a question or comment there on the right. You can also check out all the previous episodes. If you're driving and listening, give us a call, 574-222-2000. Yep, and keep uh, your hands at 10 and 2. There you go. Now, as Josh mentioned, this is part two of our series on the 12 biggest financial regrets. And um, actually, it's not 10 and 2 anymore. What is it? Because of the airbags, it's, what is it, Casey? Not 10 and 2. It's not 10 and 2. There you go. That's all you need to know yeah. for today's show. I need to go back to driver's ed. That's right. 1130. Listen, in last week's episode, we tackled the first four regrets or potential regrets. Number one being borrowing money from your 401k. Number two, drawing social security early. Number three, paying the minimum payment on your credit cards. And four, bankrolling your kids. And so if you've missed anything, check out the podcast online at wisemoneyradio.com or on iTunes, you can subscribe to our podcast. And I also just want to remind everyone, we, we've all made financial mistakes before. And everyone has financial regrets. Mike has, Josh has, I have. Every client that we serve has some sort of financial regret. So at this point, uh, you know, the show, the point of the show isn't to make you feel bad if you've ever made one of these decisions. And it's not even to say if you've made one of these decisions, it was a bad decision. It's just... Uh, to help you kind of avoid making one of these decisions if you haven't already and to help you recover from it if you have. All right. So we're on to financial regret number five. This is the uh, most prevalent financial regret of everyone, most popular, and it is putting off saving for retirement. Yeah, that's not an exaggeration either. I I think I read uh, this week that it is the number one financial regret that Americans have, something like 75% of people or something crazy. Well, the number one phrase uttered in our office is, I should have come in here a lot sooner. Yeah. You know, a lot longer ago. And it has nothing to do with us. It's just really a statement of people saying, you know, I should have taken my financial life seriously earlier in life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, many people, they wait a long time to get started with their own financial planning, maybe seeking out professional advice because they think, oh, I need to have a bunch of money accumulated before I would justify taking that time or including that expense, that sort of thing. But the truth is, you know, getting serious about your financial life early on is one of the most powerful decisions that you can make because you're taking advantage of the amount of time that you have ahead of you. Absolutely. And the longer you're 
preparing for something, the less you have to do on an ongoing basis. And people think, well, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, having kids. You're never really ready to have kids, so you just start having kids. And I, I would argue with that just a little bit because if you have guiding principles and your guiding principles are give, save, spend in that order, um, really from the first dollar that you make, you're saving something for the long term. Yeah. But we know that there's a big chasm here between people's where they are today and people's readiness for retirement. We've told you these stats before. One out of three people have nothing saved for retirement. That was an article in Time earlier this year. 56% of people have less than 10000 saved. But I would also mention some silver lining. As I was trolling for this today, I saw a recent article that talked about millennials. Actually, 60% of millennials have started a retirement plan. So there's a little bit of hope. I wish that number was 100. They needed to tune into the Wise Money Show. But 60% is pretty good that they've actually started. Yeah. Started yeah. early. That's music to my ears. Right. Because this regret, this pervasive regret of putting off saving for retirement, millennials have a long time in which to save, and it's encouraging that they're starting. Yeah. So if you're a millennial out there and you haven't started, get started. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's not too early at the very beginning of your career to be focused on the end of your career. So right? why do people put this off? I, I thought of a few... I don't know, reasons. One, people people fear what they don't understand. So they might fear the stock market. And so they're like, I'm not saving for the future and risking it. There's an advertisement right now about the Wall Street casino, <laughs> if that were something. But people don't understand it. So they're like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Other people, they just don't feel like they've got the room in their budget. Right? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, they're busy living life and enjoying, especially those millennials early on. I remember us doing a show uh, a few months back about millennials and how they're approaching their financial life. And uh, one of their big priorities is experiences, right? Right. Using money to not necessarily accumulate stuff, but to uh, accumulate experiences, memories, that sort of thing. And that's an interesting concept for sure. But the point is, is that even some of those experiences, if you're overindulging there, then you're not focusing enough on your retirement. So this is why I love the 401k plan. And not everyone has a 401k available to them at work. But a few weeks ago, part of our show, we talked about the, the, the guy that created the 401k called it a monster. But here's the great thing about the 401k. You can pay yourself first, quote unquote. You can have money taken out for your retirement before you even collect your paycheck and start enjoying some of those expenses or whatever it is. So we would encourage you to start with 15%. Start setting 15% aside for retirement, no matter where you are. If you're getting a late start towards retirement or not, just start and do something. But then second, tune in to your financial plan. Sit down with a certified financial planner to figure out, all right, is 15% enough? Do I need to do more? Could I do less? What is it? But get started. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the 15% rule of thumb because, you know, that that whole concept of saving 15% of everything that you earn for your whole career, um, it, it's not always uh, fully recognized by people. They, they think, well, maybe I can wait until I'm 50 and then start saving 15%. The longer you wait, the bigger the the nut that you have to crack really becomes, right? I mean, it becomes a lot heavier burden as far as your savings need. Yeah, and one of the things that I did, Mike gets the reputation for being the nerd on the you show. You got it. Oh, you But I, I have a little closet nerd in me, and when I was younger, what I did is I just used my future value calculator, and I said at age 25, 100 bucks 
40 years later is going to be about two a hundred dollars is going to be uh 40 years later will be about two thousand dollars so the hundred dollars that i wanted to spend on a stereo i was really robbing my retirement fund of two thousand uh 40 years later Mm -hmm. and so if you can if you can try to think along those lines and say hey what would the 65-year-old me say to the 25-year-old me? The 65-year-old me would be saying, hey, look, I'm tired. I, I want some options. Yeah. I want some freedom. I, I want to spend a, a, a week in Florida. So the, the 65-year-old me would be saying to the 25-year-old me, hey, listen, instead of buying that stereo, instead of doing this, that, or the other thing with your dollars, make sure you're setting, setting them aside so when you get here, we're ready. Yeah, you got it. And there's a whole other group of people out there that say, hey, I might never ever reach retirement, so I'm not setting money aside. But the point there is just to have balance in your overall life. That's because right. if, if you, by choosing to not sacrifice today, you're forcing yourself to sacrifice in the future. Yeah. So I would dispel that myth right there. If you're in that camp, I'd really push back and say, still get started. Well, there's people that think it's not a priority because they might not live long enough. There's others who believe that they're just going to work forever. Mm-hmm. They'll never step away from work. But the truth is you may encounter some sort of a health concern, either you or a family member, and you may not have a choice but to step away. Yeah, I've got that going on in my family right now, too, where someone, part of their plan was I'm going to work forever, and he's had a health issue and is unable to work right now. Or or you say, hey, no one in my family has ever done this before. Yep. And, And I don't know anyone who has or done it successfully. So look up a certified financial planner. Go talk to a financial planner today. Put that on your to-do list. Yep. I love it. Uh, So, okay. We are going to be hitting the next end of the spectrum as well coming up in just a few moments. We're also going to be talking about the whole Brexit issue and the uh, calamity that that's caused over the past few days in the financial markets, what you need to do about it or not do about it, and what it all means and, and all of that. So, more of that next here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, News Talk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on 95.3 MNC. I'm Mike. Josh and Kevin are with me in the studio. I want to say a special thanks to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies and to First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. We are talking about the financial decisions that people make that they later regret later in life because it either throws them off track or whatever. They've got to play catch up. If you have a question, comment, or maybe your own regret that you want to share so that people can avoid it, give us a call, 574-222-2000, or go to wisemoneyradio.com to submit your question and get previous uh, links to previous episodes and all of that. We've just finished talking about the financial regret, the obvious financial regret of waiting too long to save for retirement. But let's just pack it all up if you missed anything. Yeah, you know, we mentioned that this is one of the biggest regrets that people make, if not the largest. And it's one that carries such high stakes. You know, one of the things that we we didn't reflect on is the fact that um, there's really three ingredients that go into getting the right amount saved for retirement. You have to feed your portfolio with the right amount of cash on an ongoing basis. 
you have to take the right level of investment risk. Mm. You can't save your way to this goal. You've got to invest and grow your way towards it. And the third ingredient, the one that we're really focused on here is time. Yeah. And every day that goes by that you're not focused on this goal, the time piece is shrinking. And it means that you're going to have to stuff more into your retirement nest egg, or you're going to have to take bigger risks. And you don't want to get yourself backed into a corner where it's going to take more cash than what you really have to offer or more investment risk than you can really stomach. So I think it's important, whoever you are at whatever stage of the game you're in, you need to seek out the advice of someone who can help you calculate what's the right amount to have accumulated and then get this formula right. What's the right amount of cash, right amount of investment risk, and how do you take advantage of the time that you do have left? Oh my goodness, guys. So this is the Wise Money Show. That was wise advice, Josh. Good stuff. Okay, we're going to the opposite end of the spectrum here with financial regret number six, and that is quitting school. And I think this, you know, if you're listening right now and this rings a bell, you probably have someone in your family or maybe you yourself have already made this mistake. But it's tricky because quitting school can cap your your options or opportunities later in life, how much money you can make, what kind of jobs you can get. And I think that's why financially it's one of the biggest regrets that people have. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's a pretty well-known fact that getting a college education does improve your spending or your earning capacity over, over well, time. And then it improves your spending thereof. Good point, yep. I guess. You know, I, I've, I bet we could all think of uh, a set of parents who has a kid right now who's maybe not floundering or adrift, but they just don't have a vision for what their future is going to be. And, you know, maybe because of that, they've changed majors. They're in school right now and their four-year plan is turning into the five or six-year plan. And I've just talked to enough people that this is their great fear that their child is either going to quit and not finish, or maybe worse, They actually finish their degree, but they don't have anything to show for it. They haven't actually prepared themselves for a meaningful career that's going to be satisfying to them and that they can support themselves with. Yeah, no skills. Interesting. Yeah, I think of a couple of uh, guys that didn't finish school. I think of uh, Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) Never heard of them. And so it's interesting when you think about, you know, we're talking about potential regrets and quitting school, and so a lot of times people say, well, look at these guys. These guys didn't finish school, and they seem to do okay. And so there are always going to be exceptions to these. But when I when I think about this, and I, I was actually talking with my son Caleb about there are certain careers that you can start off at a very low level and earn your way up the ladder and do okay even without a college degree. Sure. So you don't have to have a college degree. And he said, well, Dad, doesn't that almost prove the point that having a college degree is very important? Be- that exception proves the rule that yeah. having a college degree is important. Smart I thought, kid. man, smart kid. I, he's <laughs> Got bl- some of his mom's blessed uh, with yeah, mother. <laughs> the mother, no doubt. So, But I think it's, it's really important as you think about what is the purpose of college or what is, you know, if you've gone to school for 13 years, why do you want to go for four or five or however many more? And it's really to build skills that you can trade for money. And it's amazing to me as I look at the statistics of what people end up doing and how few people actually end up using their degree to go and 
trade those skills for money, it's amazing. But there are some intangibles that you pick up by going through uh, college um, or trade school or fill in the blank that you want to have and position you to be able to hop over to something that might be of more interest to you later because the statistics are overwhelming as far as how much more money I'll make in my lifetime if I have a college degree. I actually have some of those statistics right here. Uh, the average weekly earnings and the unemployment rate. And, you know, just to go nerd on you real quick, less than a high school diploma, the average weekly earnings is $490. And this is last year, 2015, the unemployment rate for those folks was 8%. Now, nationally, they tell us it's 5%. So if you have less than a high, if you never got your high school diploma, your unemployment rate right now is 8%, almost double what the national average is. High school diploma, the unemployment rate is 5.4. So less unemployment or, or better unemployment rate, but you're not making much more money. That's uh, around $600 weekly income. Go all the way up, and I'm not going to talk about doctorate, although I'd encourage anyone right now with those aspirations, go get that thing, figure out how to pay for it too. But a professional degree, the average weekly earnings is $1,700 a week, and the unemployment rate is 1.5%. Wow. So that just... You know, I, I'd play the odds there. <laughs> don't, don't give up on don't give up on school, right? So you know that's one of the reasons why uh, one of my favorite goals to help people with is uh, you know every once in a while there's someone who they, they kind of take inventory of their life and they say you know maybe I didn't finish all the preparation that I wanted to maybe I didn't finish my degree or maybe I never even went to college but I want to now and here they are they're an adult they're later on in in years. Maybe they've even already launched their kids from the nest and they set it as a goal to go back and finish their degree. And it's not only inspirational to me that someone would overcome the fear because, you know, every once in a while you, you run into someone who's wants to do that, but they're afraid because, boy, writing papers or giving speeches or taking tests can be kind of overwhelming when you've been out of the saddle for a while. But to to go back and pursue that, so that you can give yourself maybe a fresh breath in your career. Maybe it starts a new career for you. That's awesome uh, yeah. to me. And it makes it fun to be a financial advisor. You know, I was going to encourage folks, if you never finished your college degree and you're into your career and maybe what Josh just said isn't too appealing and you don't want to go back, I would encourage you right now. I'd nudge you right now to just ask your employer, ask your supervisor, hey, what could I do to advance my career? What skills should I acquire? Do I need to take some typing classes online? Should I watch some YouTube videos? I, because the idea of going back to school later in life, Josh, I love that idea too. However, it's very expensive. And it's, especially with the technology these days, that's not the only way to really learn a new skill or refine skills. So if that's not appealing or you're not sure financially how to do it, I'd still encourage you to ask your supervisor, ask your employer, hey, what can I do to advance my career? Give me more options here than just be in the role, stay in the role that I'm in. You know, I have a client who did exactly that, and he found out that his company's policy, in the position he was already in, he could earn ten grand a year more if he just had his bachelor's degree. Wow. He had an associate's degree. So he was the best in the position within the company, but they had a company policy that just said, pay rate was based partially on your work experience, but also on your educational level. 
So he literally went back and in evenings and weekends, he finished his degree just to have an immediate impact on his own salary. Not, didn't even change his job at all. That's great. That's so, great. You so know, that, that's an easy one to figure out as an investment that will uh, give, give good dividends and return. So if that's where you're at, if you're into your career, I'd, I'd encourage you to talk to your supervisor, figure out how you can advance your, your position. But if you've got kids, so you're past this and you're trying to prepare them to go for it, go the distance with school, I would start talking to them early about what college are you going to go to? This was some advice my brother gave me. He's an 11th grade teacher. And from the time my kids were born, he would say, hey, you've got to ask your kids all the time, what school do you want to go to? What college do you want to go to? Just get it in their brain that they are going long and hard after pursuing an education. And so I, I love that advice. And then finally, I'd say, make sure you're building a college plan so you can afford it and, and you can fund that dream. So, all right, good stuff. We've got financial regret number seven coming up in just a moment. Also, updates on Brexit and what that means for you, what you should do about it here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group 95.3 MNC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on 95.3 MNC. My name's Mike, joined with Josh and Kevin in the MNC studio. Thanks also to Diane Bennett at Remax 100 and to Ledoux, Kern, and Keen for sponsoring the show. Thank you so much. Today, we are tackling the financial choices that people make that they later regret for the rest of their life. So financial regrets. We all have them. I've made some, Josh, Kevin, all of our clients have. So we're talking about them to help you avoid making these mistakes yourself, or if you have made them, to recover from them quickly. So the first one we hit today was delaying saving for retirement. That is the number one financial regret out there. The one we just hit was quitting school and kind of capping your earning power or the positions that you can hold in your career. We're on to financial regret number seven. And that is passing up on professional advice when you need it. It may seem a little self-serving, but we're going to talk about, well, the full range of issues here that some people just say, DIY, do it myself or right. yourself. And that well, can be dangerous. And you, you didn't say financial professional advice necessarily. So this is a lot bigger issue than just you know, do you hire a financial advisor or CPA or And I, like I don't that. want you to hear that if, you, if you're listening, because we're, we're going to talk about financial mistakes, but it's not just that. It's bigger than that. Right. Could so. be uh, where do you get your housing advice or uh, career advice, maybe even health or medical issues, that sort of thing. If, if you're just always relying on your own ability to search the internet to find the right answer, then you may not be really truly trusting someone who has your best interest at heart. Yeah. And you know, I did mention DIY. It didn't occur to me until right now. I mean, what about all the weekend warriors? I'm one of them who's done some sort of remodeling to my house to later realize I put a nail through some sort of line or wire. And, um, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> I've so, done that before. <laughs> yeah. Be, be careful. Be careful there too. So. Yeah. I think even Josh, you mentioned medical advice and it reminded me of a friend who needed a vasectomy and went to his doctor instead of a doctor that like does his family doctor, his family doctor, instead of going to the doctor that does 15 of those a day. Oh, that hurts. And when you talk about, <laughs> you're right. It does. Actually. When you talk about regrets, um, <laughs> he 
had some regrets. I mean, <laughs> sizable <laughs> regrets. Okay. So I, I think it's important. This to, is a family show. Here. It, is. it is. And so, so, and we're talking about regrets. And so you say, why did that happen? And this, my friend who's very wise, didn't seek wisdom, didn't think about, hey, I want the guy that does this all day, every day taking care of me instead of the guy that said, well, you know, I read it about it once in medical school, and I think uh, I can give this a shot. <laughs> you know, the tricky thing about this, and I, I'm not even going there with that. We're going to leave uh -huh. that example there. But the tricky yep. thing here is often seeking professional advice costs money, may cost a little time. You may have some urgency and not want to not wait. And then lastly, considering the doctor example, though, just to touch on that, there's no assurance. There's no guarantee that the professional you seek is going to give you the best counsel or that it's going to work out. That's true. But I, but I think overall, getting more people's opinion or getting a professional's opinion on the matter should lead you towards better results, although not guaranteed. But, you know, you, you mentioned do it yourself, and that seems to be this huge trend and wave. I mean, there's entire TV shows and networks out there all about doing things yourself the the belief that because you care about it more than that professional that you you hire then you're just going to naturally do a good job but there are some things that take genuine skill and knowledge and attention mm -hmm. and you might not have all of those uh items in in the recipe uh to be able to do it yourself well necessarily yeah maybe you have the right attitude and the right um, concern and everything, but do you have the time to really be excellent at running your own investments well, here, or doing your own taxes? Okay, so let's get into some examples. Here, I've, I got a fresh one. Last, okay. last week, uh, one week ago, I had a close friend of mine, he and I served, we volunteered together. He started his own business and wanted to do it on the cheap, wanted to get an L. We had to schedule 10 minutes, which turned out to be about 25, for him to ask me a bunch of questions uh, a one week ago. And he clearly just didn't quite grasp all of it. So yep. just to try and do it himself. And we got to, hey, man, you really need you really need someone on your team who can lead you through this. I can answer these questions for you, but you need someone who can take it all the way. And it's tempting to, I, I got an email from a friend who said, hey, you know, I, I worked someplace for a number of years and I'm getting an offer right now to either you know, let the pension ride until I'm 65 or take a lump sum of money right now and put it in my area, what should I do? And there's nothing simple about the answer to that question. So you can, if you answer that question in a vacuum, you're almost certain to get the wrong answer. Mm -hmm. And so that, from my perspective, of course, and I'm biased, that's a financial planning question. And that question should be answered within the context of a financial plan created by a certified financial planner. But this person wanted a quick and easy answer. And, and a lot of times when people want a quick and easy answer and they're busy and they're, they've got life that they're dealing with, they don't, they don't want to sit down and work through the process. They just say, hey, just give me, just, hey, you've got the teacher's manual. Go to the back of the book and give me the answer. And it, it really isn't that simple. And so I would tell people, one of the things, if you're, if you're going to seek professional advice is determine ahead of time that you are going to be patient with the process. Oh, that is, you, you need to repeat that. Why do you need to be patient with the process, you said? Well, there's a, 
there's a number of reasons why you have to be patient with the process. A lot of times because when you have a question and in your mind it's simple, should I wait till 65 and take a monthly payment or should I take a lump sum right now? There, that is, that seems like a simple question. It is a, it is, it is a simple question. Coming to the answer, the process to get to the answer is very complicated. And if you're not willing to dive in and, and really work through it, yeah, you're, it's very likely you're going to have a regret. You're I wish I would have mm-hmm. done this or done that. There are so many considerations. You know, it's the difference between uh, working with someone who looks at the whole financial picture and helps you with all of your financial goals, as opposed to maybe trusting a professional who has certain products that they can sell that are lined up with one of your financial goals. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, the first option, as Kevin said, it takes a long time to build a financial plan that has your whole life to consider and all the goals that you're pursuing. But if you jump in and start making decisions without the full plan being built, then you are going to make mistakes along the way, or you may commit resources that should be going towards a different goal. But you uh, you took the first one on the list and started directing dollars to something that isn't even the, your biggest priority, maybe. Yeah, I I can think of, gosh, just about any financial decision that you're faced with touches every area of your financial life. We've said before, there's six areas to everyone's financial life. Your present financial position, protection planning, tax planning, investment planning, retirement planning, estate planning. Any financial decision impacts each of those. And when we're doing it ourselves, typically we just focus on the presenting issue and fail to see it in context of your overall situation. So absolutely, this isn't self-serving, but you need a you need a certified financial planner to help help you make these decisions. And one of the and I would say another reason as well is that when it's your stuff, you're emotional about it. When it's your decision, you are emotional about it. You want to engage someone who is not emotional about it, who can be objective. Yeah. So. You know, I heard an analogy once that um, talked about the importance of getting the financial advisor that you can trust in place long before life throws some sort of nasty storm at you. And the analogy was being on an airplane, almost any pilot is competent enough to fly that airplane on a clear, sunny day, get you to your destination with no problems. But Suddenly when the pilot becomes extra important is when you encounter the storm clouds, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when you have to have the pilot in place while you are getting off the ground, you know, from, for the whole trip, the pilot needs to be in place. That could be you, or it could be uh, someone that you trust who has experience, has been there and done this before. Yeah. I'm thinking of Sully and how he had the opportunity needed to land the plane on the Hudson and all the experience he had and God put him right in the right spot at the right time and was a hero. And he had experience flying gliders. Right. And you say, well, that's not really practical if I'm flying a jet. Well, it was pretty practical that day (laughs) and what he was able to do. So I, what we would tell people is, uh, you know, in times of uncertainty, seek wisdom and seek wisdom from people that do it all day, every day. Oh my goodness. That's Times of uncertainty, that is a great segue. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to be talking about the Brexit issue and all of that, what it means for your investments and financial regret coming up uh, number eight. Here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, 95.3 MNC. 
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm Mike, next to Josh, next to Kevin in the MNC studio. We're talking about life's biggest financial regrets. And I tell you, over the past week, there's a lot of folks who maybe are feeling some regrets or some concerns about their overall investing portfolio because of the big news that came out of uh, Great Britain. And of course, I'm talking about Brexit and, uh, and the calamity, the aftermath after that surprise vote swung to them exiting the European Union. And, you know, that, of course, has shaken up the entire world, especially the financial world. And uh, confidence has been shaken. Assumptions about what the future looks like has been shaken. And that, of course, has triggered some extreme events in the market. Well, it really has because, you know, we've been telling people uh, for the past few months that this is on the horizon. This is a vote that could shake up the markets, maybe. But, you know, I was really kind of issuing it as a warning to people of things that could be market drivers. But honestly, I mean, if you asked me to bet whether or not Great Britain was going to make the vote that they did, I would have said, no, I, I don't think so. There's there's too much inertia out there to keep things as they are. Yep. And I, I wouldn't have bet. And neither would the rest of the investment world. That's why there was such a, a sharp uh, response to what happened uh, on that vote. Casey would have bet... Uh, he would have been with the leave crowd, but you're right. A lot of the ex, <laughs> a, a lot of the investment world was with the remain crowd, and a, a, a famous investor, George Soros, lost two billion dollars. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. So it, there, there were a lot of people that made some pretty big bets on this that lost. Yeah. So what's it mean? Anytime there are big surprises like this, uh, the markets react pretty sharply. What? Where do we go from here? And I think it really depends on. Three unknowns, but really questions uh, that will shape whether this is temporary or pervasive and so on. The first question is, will this create a long-term shift in consumer confidence and consumer spending across the globe here in the U.S. and certainly in Europe? Because as we know, consumer spending drives 70% of the economy. And the market long-term is driven by the economy. So if this fear and uncertainty causes people to be a little tighter with their pocketbook and not spend as much, that certainly could create some problems, lasting problems in the market. Second is with Britain leaving, will that be a catalyst for other fragmenting of the European Union, sparking other countries to leave? There are there are lots of uh, petitions out there, right? Dozens, uh, right? Yep, To for other countries trying to, 34 cases motioning to me, 34 offers out there right now of other countries trying to leave the Casey, European Casey, you're a handy guy to have in the uh, studio with us here. <laughs> and then lastly, this other big question that's going to shape this moving forward is, what about the trade agreements? Can trade continue to happen uh, across the countries in a very efficient and effective way? Because if it doesn't, that could, that could impact the economy. No one knows this, and so we don't know whether this is going to be a temporary adjustment or something more permanent. But I tell you, the reason we're talking about Brexit is, number one, everyone wants to know about it. And this is a financial show. But number two is we're talking about big financial regrets. Financial regret number eight is avoiding the stock market. And I think these surprises and the sharp response by the market is 
is kind of fan for the flame for people that are avoiding the stock market or might be considering it? Well, it, it's something that the media uh, can latch on to and begin to sometimes sensationalize more than it, it should be. Anytime that there's scary news or uncertainty, it it gives them something to talk about that they know will give will, will grab our attention, make us listen, make make us watch, make us read, and um, you know that's how the the media makes money. But you notice. Um, you know, I was kind of trolling through the, the Yahoo Finance page, and for every article uh, or headline, I should say, on why Brexit's going to be no big deal, there's another headline that says, oh, this is the beginning of the end. Yeah, right? worst bear market. That's what I, this is one I saw. Worst bear market of your lifetime is kicking off right now. Yeah. The guy I interviewed looked like he was in his pajamas in his shower. I, so, <laughs> I don't know if that's a credible uh, source there, but... Yeah. But almost always, uh, you know, the media runs to the people who have an extreme opinion. Sure. And what you don't know is, has that extreme opinion always been the same? There are people out there that have been calling for the worst bear market of your lifetime, no matter what's going on. And they just, now they have a new reason to, to cite as why they're going to be right eventually. But there's also those who are permanently optimistic. And no matter what is going on, it's it's nothing but sunshine and roses, and you should be you know feeling good about the investments moving forward. So you've got to know who you're listening to. You got to know who you're listening to, but you you need to know why you're doing what you're doing in the first place. Absolutely. And if you want a strategy that will get you through this time, and I think of Odysseus and his men sailing past the sirens. What do you have to do? He put wax in their ears, and they tied him to the mast, and they sailed on by. Yep. So he had a strategy. So here's a strategy for you. Get a three by five card. And on that three by five card, I want you to just write these six words. Remember this time it isn't different. Okay. That And, and put that on your computer monitor. Uh, when you open your 401k statement, put that on the front page of your 401k statement. And because really when you look at that, you say, why would I have investments? And I have investments because as an investor, I have a shot at reaching my goals. If you look at the long-term uh, uh, returns of the stock market, really when the, the Dow went from 18,000 to 17,000 back up now to 17,500 and you say, well, what's going on there? If I'm, if I'm investing right now in my 401k, I'm happy. Yeah. The, 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 uh, uh, the market going down doesn't disappoint me. It's exciting to me. But really what you want to do is say, can I reach my long-term goals as a, save, as a saver? And as Joshua mentioned earlier, most folks don't have the resources to save enough money, especially now when you can't really get anything in your savings, to be able to get it done. Well, that's exactly right. You know, I, I said in a prior um, segment that in order to grow the right size portfolio, you have to have a combination of the right amount of cash that you're feeding into your investments. You have to take the right amount of investment risk and you have to have time on your side. And as long as you are still a long-term investor, um, you know, the stock market has historically provided a fair rate of return for the amount of risk that you're taking. And, it, you know, in the short term, the stock market can be all over the place, but long-term, the, uh, the results have been pretty impressive, haven't they? Yeah. You know, over a hundred year period of time, it's 10% plus that the stock market has generated here in the U.S. And, um, you know, that, that's why it's important to not abandon the stock market every time 
uh, there's some sort of major calamity in the world or some scary event that occurs, you have to ride through those things so that you're getting the right amount of time in the market. And I would also say don't abandon diversification, right? And this past week, diversification was tested and it prevailed in many ways. The I, We've worked with many folks over the past year and a half with interest rates being so low that they've said, why do I have these bonds in my portfolio? They're not going to make me any money. Interest rates are going to go up. This is going to be awful. And bonds aren't doing much. Well, they were negatively correlated to the stock market this past week. As the means mar- they moved in opposite directions, right? As the market went down, bonds actually, your bond investments went up. They helped balance you out. Real estate did the same thing. Commodities did some of that as well. If you watch this closely in our geek, you saw gold jump because of this. So diversification, being diversified helped, especially some of those investments that maybe seemed a little lazy over the past year or so really helped this past week. But if you're listening and you just heard Mike rattle off a bunch of terms, investment terms that don't make any sense to you, then I want to challenge you to take some time and pursue more education on this topic. That could be a financial advisor that you trust and are working with. Uh, Maybe you work for a company that has a 401k and they bring in an advisor and do educational events, that sort of thing. Maybe you need to find a good book or something. But the, the more that you understand how the investment world works, the less scary it will become and the less susceptible you'll be to trying to avoid the stock market altogether or running for the hills when really you should be running headlong into the stock market. That's right. If you missed anything, you want more information on the show or you want to submit a question, go to wisemoneyradio.com and, or you could subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can catch all the previous episodes and all of that. Uh, on behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, myself, and the rest of us at Corhorn Financial Group, guys, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on News Talk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. Securities are offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Financial advisors offer advisory services through KFG Wealth Management, LLC, doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC, Corhorn Financial Group, KFG Insurance Agency, and KFG Tax and Business Services are separate entities from Securities America, Inc. Tax services provided by KFG Tax and Business Services and insurance services provided by KFG Insurance Agency. Listen again next week to Wise Money on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel.